everybody this is the pitch towards holiness podcast i'm mike kidwell and i'm michael kidwell and we are so excited that each one of you have joined us today because we have something that we want to talk about that's probably um a little bit different than the things we've talked about in the past right um you know michael i know that from baseball teams and football teams Everybody gets excited when a new player comes into town, mm-hmm. and a lot of times the the general manager and the owner of that team will uh, gather the press together and they'll have a press conference and they'll introduce the new players that um, are coming to town. Mm-hmm. And most recently, we've um, the Texans, Houston Texans, have got a new coach. And um, tell us a little bit about that press conference and and what you think of the new head coach for the Houston Texans. Yeah, so for those of you that don't know, uh, it is D'Amico Ryans. So D'Amico Ryans used to be a former player for the Texans. And so it was a big deal that they signed him because he was a former player for the Texans. And so he already has Houston ties. And so um, whenever they were interviewing him with that press conference, they were talking. Um, they were asking him about his time in Houston and how he thinks the team he would he was on would have similar and differences between the team he's going to manage. And he brought a lot of insight with on on field experience, and then with um, with like hit coaches that would t- uh, taught him, and so. He, he was trying to explain that um, he has all these different experiences so that whenever hardships and trouble times during the season arise, he already has been in that position. Yeah, and that's that's key that, you know, they got a young coach, D'Amico Ryans, um, that is a defensive-minded coach, but he also has a, um, a, a very good pulse on the game because he's most – he, he hasn't been out of the game very long. He's been in the game um, very recently, and he's been successful as a coach very recently. And so I think that's important for the Houston Texans. But football aside, even baseball, you know, the, there's been some really cool press conferences that, that we've had in the past. Um, in, in your baseball memory, Michael, what, what Houston Astro press conference has stuck out to you the most um, where the, the general manager and the owner kind of prepared the way with the press conference and, and all, the, and all the, um, the, the cameras and everything to, to really get some excitement around the person. Who was that that really sticks out in your mind? Um, for me, I, I would guess um, when Justin Verlander first signed with the Astros. I would agree. Um, because he came from a Detroit Tigers team that really hadn't done much. Mm-hmm. I mean, he won a World Series with them, but it had been a few years since he even has been in the playoffs. Yeah, And so we had already made it to the um, playoffs multiple times. Um, I don't think we made it to the World Series until we signed him because that was in 2017. Yeah, it was in 2017. Mm-hmm. We signed him and we made it to the World Series. And... Um, I remember watching his press conference, and he said, I came from 
a very low team. There's only up from here. And they made it to the World Series and won. Yeah. So, I mean, it just proved that there was only up. Yeah. And then he also said that um, he loves the way the Astros use analytics. And so he was excited to join with the pitching staff and see what they could offer him to better his career. Yeah. And so um, another thing was that he he had heard rumors that the Astros um, came together as a family in the clubhouse. Mm -hmm. And he was excited to experience um, what everybody had been talking about. Well, as as we talk here about press conferences, really the only point that that we want to get to is um, the spiritual tie in and the spiritual tie in today <clears throat> is preparing the way. Mm -hmm. And if you look at a press conference, that's really what it's doing. It's preparing the way um, for the fan base to get to know somebody. You're kind of announcing a player and, and you're making a big deal about it and saying, hey, th this player is now on our team and this is what he brings to the table. So um, th th they're really set to, to lay out a foundation of acceptance through the fan base. Um, but it's also to kind of prepare the way for um, that player to, to, to be introduced to um, that market, whatever mm -hmm. market is. In this particular case, it's the Houston market. So we're, we're going to talk about somebody in the Bible that did that. Um, he had a big press conference to prepare the way for somebody, and his mm -hmm. name was John the Baptist. And, yeah. and I think there's a lot of relevancy of what John the Baptist did and what he really preached um, that that really affects all of our lives today because we've we've been witnessing um, so, so many things going on with Asbury and with all around the world. There's just been an outpouring of the Spirit of God and really a hunger and a thirst for more of God mm -hmm. all around. Um, we we see lives um, that are broken that are they're really really looking to turn to God, and they found that the world can't fill their gaps and can't fill their brokenness. And so I think the, the hearts of humanity right now are really positioned to accept the Lord in a mighty way. And so I, I really wanted to kind of um, herald what John the Baptist was doing when he was preparing the way for Jesus. And so we're going to be reading in Luke 3, if you have your Bible or if you want to get it, or if you just want to look it up on your phone, I'm going to start in verse 3. And I'm going to read um, kind of what John the Baptist was talking about. And then I'm going to talk about, we, we're going to talk about how that ties in with us today. So mm -hmm. um, in Luke 3, 3, it says, And he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. As it is written in the book of the words Isaiah, the prophet saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places will be made straight and the rough ways smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Then he said to the multitude that came out to be baptized by him, Brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves we have abraham as our father for i say to you that god is able to raise up children 
to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, What shall we do then? And he answered them and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give one to to who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Then the tax collectors and the publicans also came to him to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. Quit stealing from people. And then verse 14, it says, Likewise, the soldiers asked him, saying, What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely, and be content with your wages. Verse 15, Now as the people were in expectation and all reason in their heart about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I cannot, I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will throw into the fire that is unquenchable. Verse 18. And with many other exhortations he preached to the people, but Herod the Tetrarch, being rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the, for all the evils which Herod had done, also added this, above all, that shut John up in prison. So you, you see what John was doing here was preparing the way for Jesus. He was really declaring what was going to happen. And he was declaring it, not that he was going to do it, but that Jesus was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And he declared the steps that needed to happen for this path to be laid out. And if you look at it, the first thing that he's talking about is to repent. And that is 100% a turning away from sin, asking for forgiveness of sin, but, but not, just, not just going back to it, but turning away from it and starting a new life away from that sin. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that, that takes action on our part to really move away from something that is holding us back from a closer relationship with Jesus. I don't know about you, Michael, but I, I like to try to live a life of repentance. Yeah. Um, it's hard, but it, it does take a lot of effort to um, realize you've sinned. And then um, sometimes it's hard to ask for forgiveness um, because for me, there, there's been points where I'm like, I'm so far gone. Um, I don't deserve his grace, but yet his grace is so unbelievable. And he's, he loves me enough that no matter how far I've gone, he's willing to forgive me. And there's nothing really that you can do to separate you from the love of God. It says that in Romans 8, that death, no matter what, what happens, nothing can separate you from the love of God. The only thing that keeps you from a closer relationship with God is our sin. Uh -huh. And we have forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ and what he did on, on the tree of Calvary. 
on the cross for each one of us. We have forgiveness of sin. The problem is not the forgiveness. The problem is the turning away from our former lives. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times what I'm seeing in um, people's lives now is is that the, they don't have any problem coming to the Lord and asking for forgiveness. The problem that they have is turning away from whatever it is that, that, that was causing them to sin. And sometimes it's a relationship. Um, sometimes it's a place. Um, sometimes it's a thing. I mean, we, we have smartphones and we have access to all kinds of ungodly things mm-hmm. on our smartphones. And some of us just need to become disciplined in when and when we um, access our smartphones and when we don't. It's a, it sounds real simple. But a lot of us have complicated it in such a way that, that we are socially retarded because we, we, we don't know how to communicate without a cell phone. But also it's become our crutch that keeps us in that darkness and keeps us in that sin. So the first thing that we got to do is repent. And that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. If you can't repent, you can't move any further in the steps that John's talking about. Because the next thing he's talking about is preparing your heart. Yeah, And you can't prepare your heart until you've repented from your sins. And that doesn't just say, Michael, it doesn't say I'm, I'm, you know, asking for forgiveness and that's good enough. It's turning away. It's making those steps. It's taking those measures that you need to get away from whatever that is that's in your life that's causing you to sin. And then you can prepare your heart. So what does that look like to you when I say prepare your heart? Um. I, I guess it's a lot of prayer and then humility because um, you can't let God in if you're prideful. Yeah. If, if Just like Pastor John tells us all the time, you can't be puffed up. Um, so first it's going to take surrender and um, some humility to really let God do what he wants to do in your life. And, you know, people are willing to do that to an extent they're willing to let God move in their lives until he doesn't move fast enough. And then they want to step in and try to take charge. And and that's really, you you never see um, these sports people that are being announced. You never see a player that's being announced and, you know, someone behind the camera that is, is filming it and it doesn't, the script or the storyline's not going the way that they want it. And they, they leave from behind the camera and they go and, and try to try to um, change what the person's saying. You never see that happen mm-hmm. because they're disciplined to do what their job is to do. And a lot of times we're not disciplined enough to do what God's asked us to do. We're trying to be God in our lives and other people's lives. And we try to intervene when he doesn't move as quick as we think he should. Mm-hmm. And so... Preparing your heart is a, is a lot of what you're saying. It's the humility, it's the surrender, and it's really a time of prayer. If you look at Jesus and what he did every time before he did big miracles or any time before he did something um, that, that was really documented, that was really um, captivating, it was, be, it, it was uh, preceded by a time of prayer. Mm-hmm. You, you always saw Jesus tucking away in some quiet time to spend in prayer with his with his father and re re-energize and refill himself because even Jesus although he was fully God and fully man 
he knew the importance of spending that alone time in right. the presence of his father. And I, I think that's too much um, of what we don't do is we don't discipline ourselves to spend presence, spend the time in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we'll give him five minutes, we'll give him 10 minutes, and then we're distracted again. Um, but that's that goes back to that discipline of getting the cell phone and, and just getting a quiet place, get everything put away and get in a quiet place where it's just you and God and, and see what he has to say and, and see how he's going to move in your heart and really what he shows you through scripture. Sometimes we can't concentrate on scripture because we're so distracted by all the other things. So you got repentance and then you've got preparation. And then you see John talking about making ways straight. Um, Jesus came into the world to, to make the crooked things straight. And he's not talking about roads and he's not talking about mountains. What he's talking about is our lives and our lives that are going out of control and swerving sideways because of our sin. He came to redeem that and to bring that back into righteousness. And it's not by our righteousness. It, we can't do it. Right. Our righteousness isn't good enough. We can act right and we can try to be good on our own, but it only lasts for a little while. But it's through the righteousness of Christ that we can be new creatures and we can have this great testimony um, of what God's going to do in our life. So after we repent and we prepare and um, we let Jesus make straight the crooked ways in our life, I mean, that's that's not an, this doesn't happen like overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a, um, it's not a quick fix. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a lot of where you lose people too. Michael, people are very frustrated because they're like, I want God to move in my life. I want to see a revival. I want to see, um, I'm really hungry for God to do something. Mm -hmm. But they want him to do it yesterday, and they want him to do it right now. And he has to begin to work in their heart to prepare that soil to receive from him. And people don't want that tilling ground. They don't want to be tilled up, and they don't want to be cultivated they just want to have it all right now. But if he did that, the soil wouldn't be right, and it wouldn't stick, and it wouldn't bear fruit. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that um, will have some um, really deep scars, and then they'll come to Jesus, and they just want him to throw a Band-Aid on it, and they can go about their day and be the old, happy person that they were. Mm-hmm. But sometimes he's got to go in and he's got to operate. Yeah. He's got to clean out all the junk and all the infection, and it's going to take some pain. It's going to take some hurt. It's going to take some um, a little suffering sometimes and some hard, hard days, hard nights. But in the end, you will be blessed, and you will come out better than you were. Yeah. You really kind of look at it as a cancer patient. You know, when it, when somebody goes to the doctor and they figure out that they have some cancer, um, they the doctor gives them a process of how he's going to treat that cancer. And sin really is a spiritual cancer. It's killing us from the inside out, and it's causing us to separate ourselves from the Lord, and it's it's causing d- division in our relationship with Jesus, and so there, there needs to be a process of healing there. Mm-hmm. There needs to be something, there needs to be a treatment. 
and um, that that radiation that um, the, the Lord would provide for us spiritually would be repentance. I mean, that would be the radiation, and and then you know you don't just go to the doctor one time and and get radiation, and then boom, you're cancer free. Right. Um, you you go and and you follow this process until you're in remission to cancer, mm-hmm. and we we need to do the same thing in our spiritual life. We need to keep going to the doctor and keep having a heart of repentance until the Lord completely cleans us up and and deals with us in some areas that we have undealt with, and um, you know it 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 leaves you exposed and it leaves you raw. But the healing salve of the blood of Jesus Christ is is the best thing for all of that. And, and really, it brings you into such a close relationship and a close trust with the Lord that it, you, you reap so many benefits. And mm-hmm. so I, I know that, you know, we're kind of talking a lot of metaphorical um, things here, but we really want people to understand what it's like to live a life of surrender. We really want to, people to understand what it looks like um, to, to get your heart prepared to receive from the Lord. If we're going to have revival in this land, in this time, um, it's not going to be because somebody orchestrated it. Right. It's not going to be because some, somebody ordered it or prescribed it. It's going to be because God found those hearts that were broken and ready to receive from him, and he wanted to come and he wanted to fill those hearts, and he wanted to be able to mend what's broken. And um, Michael, I don't know about you, but have you ever tried to do CPR on somebody that's not dead? Uh, no. I know that you were CPR trained, and when we did CPR training, we would use you know CPR dummies. Right. We, right. And we would kind of practice on people, but we wouldn't do the full compressions. Uh-huh. We would just kind of practice hand positioning and stuff like that. But if we want to do the full compressions, we'd use the dummies because when you do CPR right, you would break a rib. You would you would break, you know, um, ribs or um, things like that to to save the person's life. Mm-hmm. And um, so so what I'm trying to say with that is, Jesus doesn't come to give revival to something that's already living, and is is already doing fine. He's looking for that which is dead, that which is broken, mm-hmm. and he wants to come and he wants to make it revived. He wants to give it the breath of life, and he wants to give the Holy Spirit breath of life into that person. But that sometimes that means that we have to die to ourself. Sometimes it has, that, that means that we have to die to our plans. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to die to our agendas. Um we have to die to the way that we think it should go <laughs> or the order of business that we think God should operate in. Right. Um, and, and that, that I think, is where a lot of people jump off the bus. They're, they want revival, but they don't want to be dead. Mm-hmm. They don't want to die to themselves. They want to they wanna, um, be on the revival bus driving it. But if there is true revival, it's only going to be driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we just need to be the passengers that are ready to be operated on, ready to be revived. And um, I know a lot of people that are hungry and they're thirsty, but then you start talking about dying and you talk about sacrifice and you talk about giving things up. 
and um, you lose them real quick. Yeah. And um, I, I know that, Michael, you're even hungry, and you, you've been broken in um, a lot of areas. And I know that God would love to do a miraculous work in your heart and mend what's broken, but I'll tell you, just like I'm telling myself and telling everybody else, that unless you're willing to die completely, your will and completely surrender to him, he's not going to be able to operate in um, that, that fashion. Right. The, the last thing that we see that John the Baptist was talking about was um, bowing in worship. Mm. He, he talks about making those um, crooked places straight, and then he talks about making the rough things smooth, and then um, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And um, it, you really see that, that there's a worship that, that ends there. And um, so if you see repentance in someone's life and then they start beginning to prepare their heart and um, they start letting Jesus make the crooked things straight and then they really go to him with some true worship some unadulterated worship that that um, is not phony but it's with all their heart with all their soul and with all their strength then the Lord has a way that has been paved for him to do the miraculous and so that sounds like a lot of steps. That sounds like a lot of things to do. But it really starts with a simple prayer of Jesus, you know, I messed up, I'm broken, and I want to be filled by you and, and start repenting for the things that have been separating you from him. And then begin to prepare your heart for him. Just like you would see a general manager or an owner prepare the way for one of these big athletes to have a press conference and, and really get the whole city on board and get them ready. We need to have that kind of um, excitement. We need to have that kind of preparation for Jesus to move in our lives. Right. And with that excitement, there also comes rivals that want you to lose. Yeah, the root of vipers. And so just like um, in, in baseball or football or whatever, when people are having press conferences to announce something good, there's people on the other side that want to beat you now. Yeah. Just like Satan, he sees something going to, going to be good for God happen. That's when you get attacked the most. Yeah. Yeah, and you see him trying to throw your past back up into your face mm -hmm. and that's what he that's his job he's the accuser and he's the accuser of the brethren and it says in revelations that he was cast down the accuser was cast down in revelations 12 10 and 11 it says that he was cast down and he was overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so you've been covered by the blood if you're if you've accepted jesus in your heart and you're a child of the lord You've been covered by the blood. Now you have your testimony. Do not let the enemy rob your testimony with by throwing things up to you about what you've done in the past. A lot of people are constantly looking in the rearview mirror of what they did, have done, and it's because they're looking backwards so often, it's robbing their future. And so I would encourage everybody to just look ahead, keep your eyes on Jesus, and watch what he can do when you start preparing 
the way for the Lord. I want to see um, young people and young hearts be moved in a mighty way um, by God, but it's only going to happen if the soil is prepared, if the the heart soil is tilled up and, and made ready for Jesus to really move. And so, Michael, are you ready to surrender some things? Yeah, Are you ready to die to some things? Mm-hmm. I don't think any of this is going to happen unless we pray and ask God for help. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you're in the fight. You, you've just recently been married. Um, you, you're in a job that you work a lot of hours. You're about to start night school on top of that so you can make a better life for yourself. And the enemy's going to try to use um, the, the, the time that you do have um, to, to try to discourage you, to try to deter you from what God has for you. So I really want to pray over you. I want to pray over all the, the people um, in your generation that, that God would start preparing y'all's hearts mm-hmm. and, and mine too. So Father God, I come to you right now and I just lift up my son Michael. And Father God, I also lift up all my boys and um, anyone that's listening to this podcast, including myself. Father God, we come to you with true repentance and we ask you to forgive us of our sins and help us, Father God, with the power of the Holy Spirit to turn from our wicked ways, to turn from the things that are holding us back from a closer relationship with you. Father God, if it's a relationship, then give us the discernment to walk away from it. If it's a, it's a place, Father God, I pray that we wouldn't be able to find our way to that place anymore. And if, Father God, if it's a thing, If it's a device, Father God, I pray that you would help us to have the discipline to walk away from those things which separate us from you. And Father God, I pray that you start instilling in the hearts and lives of all those listening, myself and Michael included, a spiritual disciplined life. That Father God, we would begin to spend time in prayer in the mornings and spend time in the Word and we wouldn't just punch it out and, and, and get on our merry way. But Father God, we'd really just sit in the presence of the Lord and listen to you speak and really hear what you have to say. And Father God, I just pr- pray that you would begin to prepare all of our hearts. Um, and, and Father God, help to make the crooked things in our lives straight. Father God, we cannot do this on our own. We will fail. But Father God, with you All things are possible. And just like John the Baptist proclaimed, prepare the way of the Lord. Father God, we want to prepare our hearts for your way, for your word to go forth in us and through us. Father God, use us as mighty vessels, Mm -hmm. preaching and teaching the word of God to the people around us. If if not with, with, with words, with actions, Father God, really just let us put you on display in a mighty, miraculous way. And Father God, we ask you that you give us just true times of worship in our repentance and in our preparation of heart. And Father God, I know that you have great things in store for those that are willing to die to their self and live for you. So Father God, help us do that. Help us not walk away from you, but Father God, help us run headlong towards a mighty relationship with you and run away from the things of this world. And we ask you all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And with that, this is a Pitch Towards Holiness podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. And I'm Mike Kidwell. Thanks for joining.